1100. The opinions expressed during the sponsored programs on this station are strictly those of the program hosts, guests, and callers and are not necessarily those of Beasley Broadcast Group, this station, its staff, other advertisers, or agencies. This is Dr. Carissa Hines of Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Information without understanding is not very helpful. Talk with the doctor and feel like you're talking to a friend. Skin just like pearls, the best thing in the world. I never charge you for anybody else singing. She says she really grew up poor like me. Don't believe in nothing but the Almighty. Just a little jeans and a pure whitey. She never dreamed forever be nobody wifey. Yeah. She want I mean a pretty but your heart is a miss. Play you like a villain cause she caught in a way. Tonight I am walking away. Line to buy mine and I grind. Yeah, yeah. Tonight I might fall in love. Depending on how you owe me. I'm glad that I'm calming down. Let no one come control me Keep dancing and call it love She fights it by falling slowly If ever you are in doubt Remember what mama told me Brown skin girl Your skin just like pearls Your back against the world I never tried you for anybody else Brown skin girl Good morning, good morning, good morning, Atlanta. This is Dr. Carissa Hines, and you are listening live to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. We air every Thursday at 11 a.m. live on WWE Real 1100 a.m. And I am happy to be with you all once again this week. Welcome to the show. Well, as you all know, as we have done for every show now for our over six months, yay, um, we start off our show with our shout outs. And so I'm going to shout out to my number one fan. Hey, mom, hope you are having a fabulous Thursday morning. Shout out to my family in Norfolk, Virginia, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Chesapeake, Virginia, Washington, D.C., Hobbs, New Mexico, Temecula, California, Opelika, Alabama, Houston, Texas, Seattle, Washington, Hampton, Virginia, Woodbridge, Virginia, Columbus, Georgia, Cedar Bluff, Alabama, Lundy, Maryland, College Park, Georgia, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, Charlotte, North Carolina, Gadsden, Alabama, and Center, Alabama. Shout out your city. I love to welcome new listeners and new cities to the show. Tell me where you are listening from. You can shout me out on our Facebook page. Um, You can find us on Facebook at uh, Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Tell me where you're listening from, and next week we'll shout out your city. You can listen to us live. As I said, we are on WWE Real 1100 AM. We also are streaming at www.real1100.com and you can watch on Facebook pages on our Medical Minutes with Facebook page as well as our Old Fashioned Health Network as we are a part of the Old Fashioned Health Network family. 
We also have a new YouTube channel where shows from the weeks prior uh, will be uh, loaded up. And so you can always listen back if you can't listen live. We also are a part of the podcast community where we are on iTunes, Google, and Captivate podcast platforms as Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, and on Twitter at Minutes Doctor. So today, 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 we have yet another fabulous guest on. But before we get to that, I want to make you all aware of a very somber anniversary. So today, uh, January 21st, marks the first anniversary of the first COVID case that was discovered in the United States. Can y'all believe that it's been a year already that we've been in this pandemic and it started one year ago today and here we are. So our topic today we are going to talk about uh, skin uh, considerations, like special considerations for uh, communities of color. Um, so now, not to not to talk about or not talk about our uh, Caucasian family because we love y'all too, and we want y'all to protect your skin. Um, and so, you know, of course, you can listen in, and uh, there will be some tips that will be shared by our medical expert later today um, that are good for all skin. But um, of course. As, as communities of colors uh, are um, disproportionately represented or underrepresented uh, and disproportionately adversely affected, I feel that it's just really important to uh, shine a spotlight uh, on communities of color uh, from time to time. But that's not to say that I don't love everybody because I do. So, a little bit of background about skin. So, you know, we talked with the fabulous Dr. Corey Hartman back in September um, about some general skin care um, topics. And so I'll just give you all a little bit of background about your skin um, just in the lead up to talking with our special guest today. So your skin is the largest organ in your body. It is the most flexible. Uh, it has multiple functions, uh, including being protective from uh, microbes and also from the elements. Uh, it helps to regulate body temperature through sweating, uh, permits sensation, prevents dehydration by holding moisture in, uh, produces vitamin D, um, plays a role in immunity, uh, protects you against UV damage. From, those are the ultraviolet rays from the sun. Uh, it also plays a huge role in aesthetics and communication, uh, permits sensation, uh, permits absorption, uh, and regulates touch, temperature, and vibration in coordination with, with other uh, aspects of your body. Uh, there are three main layers, or seven layers of your skin in total, but three main layers. The epidermis, which is the outermost layer, that is the layer that we see, and it is the waterproof barrier and uh, contains melanocytes, which are the skin cells that are responsible for our pigmentation of our skin, our skin color. Uh, there's also the dermis, which is the next layer under, uh, and it has uh, tough connective tissue, hair follicles, and your sweat glands. And then the hypodermis, which is the innermost layer of our skin, uh, which contains fat and connective tissue. So 
when we talk about skin color, of course, there are variations uh, of skin color, um, as you can see by looking uh, in your community and looking on TV and on the internet, um, that um, it's mostly, your skin color is, is mostly the result of an evolutionary um, process um, that helps to regulate the amount of UV radiation that that you absorb and so you'll see uh, in places that are closer to the equator where the sun's uh, rays are the most intense you will see darker skinned people uh, and the further you get north or south of the equator you'll start to see fairer skinned people um, because the sun's rays and the uv rays aren't as intense and so that's kind of neat, right? How, you know, based upon where your origins are, so not talking about where you live now, because of course people are mobile, um, but your origins um, will dictate in, in some way your skin tone uh, as a protective element. Um, and so of course you have your players in your pigment when you talk about melanin uh, or melanoid, which is a precur precursor of melanin, uh, carotene, hemoglobin, and oxyhemoglobin. Uh, and so of course, when we talk about our skin and aging, as we age, our skin becomes thinner and it's therefore more easily damaged. And so if you remember the episode of Who Shot JR uh, on the TV show Dallas, it is time for you to start using uh, a night cream and a uh, more sophisticated uh, skin regimen. So I'm not gonna call anybody old, but you know, if you remember Who Shot JR, then you're old enough to start using uh, you know, a, a night cream and, and some other things. So our topic today, talking about um, skin considerations for communities of color. Dorothy Parker is quoted as saying, beauty is only skin deep, but ugly goes clean to the bone. Well, we're not going to talk today about ugly. Um, um, and beauty isn't the only thing that is skin deep. So there's a common misconception that communities of color don't have to worry about or be as vigilant about um, protecting their skin. And that is, that is not true. And so while melanin, the pigment that is responsible for our skin color and skin tone, does offer some protections, it is not a 100% bulletproof shield. We still have to do some things, right? So from a humanitarian standpoint, I'd like to think that we're all in the same skin, right? Because that gives us that sense of humanity and that sense of commonality uh, with our brothers, irrespective of their skin tone. And on that level, that is true. We are very much so um, more the same than we are different. However, um, I think that we do ourselves a disservice if we don't from a scientific and medical standpoint and health standpoint, look at the differences in our skin uh, and appreciate those differences, respect those differences and learn about those differences and how we can protect ourselves. And that is what we're gonna be talking about today. So when we come back from the break, we will introduce our very special guest today and we'll get into um, these issues about um, that affect um, a particular communities of color as it, as it pertains to our skin health. This is Dr. Carissa Hines. You are listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, and we'll be back after the break.
First Step Staffing is the largest nonprofit alternative staffing agency in the country. First Step prioritizes hiring men and women experiencing homelessness, veterans, and returning citizens. With support like job coaching and transportation, we help individuals reconnect and succeed in the workforce. With six locations around the country, 1,700 men and women are employed weekly. So if you are looking to hire or you know someone that is looking for work, visit FirstStepStaffing.com. Are your pet's vaccinations up to date? Just for Pets Wellness Center can help keep your pets protected from fleas, ticks, heartworms, and other nasty bugs with the latest parasite detection and prevention programs available. We offer parasite screening and prevention to the most advanced topical and chewable medications. Using our online pharmacy is affordable, safe, convenient, and provides home delivery. Visit our website for more information at www.justthenumber4petsfl.vet or give us a call at 239-270-5721. Morning light, silken dreams, take flight as the darkness gives way to the dawn. survived now your moment has arrived now your dream has finally back you are listening to medical minutes with dr carissa and i am your host dr carissa hines and let me now introduce our special guest today dr shanara sexton md dr shanara sexton believes in the power of a healthy self-image and has committed her career to helping her patients become the very best versions of themselves through a positive outward appearance dr sexton sexton has been in practice, I can't hear myself. Dr. Sexton has been in practice for 14 years and joined Avail Dermatology in 2020. Dr. Sexton completed her undergraduate studies at the University of Georgia, Go Dogs, as a member of the Honors Program. At the Emory University School of Medicine, she was awarded a Douglas Satcher Clerkship at the University Hospitals of Cleveland. She completed an internship and dermatology residency at Emory and was awarded a National Institutes of Health Basic Science Fellowship. During residency, Dr. Sexton published and presented on numerous topics, developed a lecture series for the dermatology section of the Physician Assistant Training Program, and received the Georgia Society of Dermatologists Abel Residence Symposium Award and the National Medical Association John A. Kinney Residence Symposium Award. Dr. Sexton is a board-certified dermatologist and fellow of the American Academy of Dermatology and a member of the American Society of 
Dermatological Surgery and National Medical Association. Her focus has always been to provide patients with the most up-to-date and evidence-based treatments for dermatologic conditions. She has a specialized interest in the treatment of acne, hair, and scalp conditions, and skin cancer care. Dr. Sexton lives here in Atlanta with her husband, Alonzo, who is an orthopedic surgeon and their two sons. She enjoys travel, is an abstract painter, and serves on the board of the Georgia Museum of Art. She is also a member of the 2017 class of Leadership Georgia and served as a program chair during the 2018 program year. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my friend, Dr. Shannara Sexton. Dr. Sexton, hello, hello, hello. How are you? I am well. How are you? Now, we are doing a new thing today with you being on video. Greg, do we have everything is up and running? Perfect. Because unfortunately, I can't see. So ah, so okay. we are just we are just here. But welcome. Welcome. You're the first person to do the video along with the radio show. So thank you so much for being uh, my experimental guest there. How you are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? Great. I'm great. I'm great. I can't wait to see you in person. I know, right? I tell you, I tell you. That is that is just everything. That's like my 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 goal for everybody's like I want to see people. Yes, like, you know. So get the vaccine people. Everyone get the vaccine. Definitely, definitely. So I am 3 days out from my second vaccine and doing well, not having any problems. My arm soreness has gone away and you know, like I've told people before, I'm no more weirder than I was before I got the vaccine. <laughs> so so there's that. So you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> right? So let's get into it when we're talking about skincare in in communities of color. And I did a little bit of research and you know, of course, you know, we know that there are those disparities in um in communities of color, but more so when it comes to skin issues because I think a lot of people don't really seek out dermatological care until something really, really is wrong. And I don't think that people um, incorporate that into their just overall general health check. Would you agree? I would. I think that um, health, derm health care, skin health care is considered somewhat optional. And mm -hmm. it's understandable. You should take care of your heart. You should take care of your kidneys. You should take care of your general health first. But your skincare absolutely turns it, uh, ties into your general health and can sometimes be an indicator of things going on more systemically, things going on inside. So it's important to be in tune with your, your skincare, your, your skin health. Sure. So, you know, you, you jump right into one of the questions that I was going to ask you um, in terms of like skin issues that are reflective of a systemic medical problems. Can you give some examples of of what those issues are and how we recognize them in the general public and, you know, go from there? Sure. Um, I'll give you a few examples. So skin itching that is out of proportion to what you would expect or out of out of your, your your typical range of maybe just a little dry skin itching that, that goes away with some uh, lotion. Mm -hmm. um, nail change. Nail changes can be a sign of vascular issues, of heart issues. 
uh, scalp and hair changes can sometimes be an indicator of hormone or thyroid issues. Um, skin color changes can sometimes be an indicator of hormone issues, dehydration, and sometimes even something as serious as cancer. So it is important to be in tune with what your skin is doing and what's out of the norm for your skin. Right. Excellent. Excellent. Definitely. Yeah, because that is that is one of the things that, you know, I know as, as a person of color, whenever my skin starts to, to itch, I'm always like, you just don't have on enough lotion. And that is usually <laughs> where you should start. Right. Especially this time of year when it's cold outside. Mm -hmm. And so that dries out your skin. You come inside, the heat is on. That dries out your skin. And we're all spending more time indoors than we typically do. So we're not getting the humidity and the sweat that we typically would get. So we're seeing loads of issues of dry skin and eczema. And a lot of times it's something as simple as that. Mm -hmm. But you have skin issues like itching that is just going on all over your body not getting better despite drinking more water, using more lotion, really taking strides to moisturize your skin, that can be an indicator that you need to get things checked out. Most certainly. And starting with your dermatologist is, is a good place. And, and definitely, because I know that, you know, as an ER doc and when I practice internal medicine, um, you know, people would come, you know, as, as a primary care access, um, you know, with a rash, and I'm always flummoxed with rashes. They all look the same to me, just being quite honest. Um, but I know that they're not all the same. Um, and so, you know, definitely want to encourage people to to find a dermatologist in your community, make that, that connection, um, even just as a general skin checkup. Um, you know, because I know, for example, you know, I have moles, I have freckles, even though you may not be able to see that now because I have on makeup, but I have some freckles. And so, you know, it's it's very important if you do have moles or spots or whatever you want to call them um, to definitely have somebody else to look at those. Because as they yeah. change or if they change, you may not notice because you look at yourself every day. Correct. So in terms of if you do have freckles or moles, about how often should you be seeing your dermatologist to have those looked at and, and documented um, every six months, once a year? What What is the recommendation there? Once a year in general for most people. Um, for most people without a personal or family history of skin cancer, once a year is a good kind of rule of thumb in terms of getting an overall total body skin exam. I tell people to think about it like you go get your physical every year, you mm -hmm. go get your mammogram every year, come and have a total body skin exam every year just so we can keep track of your moles, the number of moles that you have, the type of moles that you make. Some people have loads of moles and they will be perfectly fine their entire life. They are just, as we say, moly people. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. um, but for those people who have moles that they feel might be changing, might be getting larger in size, might be changing shape, might be changing color. For those people, we need to do a full skin exam at least once a year. If you have a family history of skin cancer, you need a skin exam at least once a year. If you have a personal history of, of skin cancer, you need a skin check at least every six months to a year. So there's some variability 
but in general, we say for the average adult, a total body scan exam once a year. And so, you know, just kind of to foray into skin cancer, um, because in, in populations of color, skin cancer can be tricky in that, um, you know, it is usually diagnosed late because it isn't noticed. So, you know, just reflecting on the textbooks, every skin cancer is pictured as in a white person. Right. Um, and I think that that's done just so that you can see the more detail, you know, of, of the malignancy and what it looks like. However, in looking in a person of color, obviously, it's not going to look like that. And so, you know, I know that when we see, you know, when I've seen episodes of, of skin cancer, you know, when someone has come into the emergency room, it is way, way far gone. Um, you know, it's spread and it's starting to have some structural damage um, and, you know, that kind of thing. So for communities of color, what things should we be looking out for um, in terms of looking for skin cancers, skin cancer prevention? What kinds of things should we do? Starting with skin cancer prevention, we should all be wearing sunscreen daily. And I know it seems like, well, I've got brown skin. I don't tend to get sunburns. Why mm -hmm. in the world do I need a sunscreen on a daily basis? But the, the brown skin that we have is nice and protective and those melanocytes help us out. However, we are still susceptible to sun damage. Right. We can still get skin cancer. We still do get wrinkles. So wearing sun, a sunscreen on a daily basis is definitely recommended. SPF 30 or higher, and you want to look for a broad spectrum sunscreen. It should say that on the label. So SPF 30 or higher, broad spectrum sunscreen. So that's prevention. And, and, then, I'll, and I'll add in, just, just to jump in, you know, because a lot of us think about sunscreen when it's summer. Correct. But yes. the truth is the sun shines every day. Every day. Today. It's overcast Today. here. But there's still, right. So, you know, that's there's just a little Because a we little have tip. light. We have light. So, obviously, there's still some sun somewhere. It's being blocked a little bit by the, the clouds, and we're not getting as much UV radiation, but we're still getting some. So, making sunscreen just part of your daily ritual. I tell people, you brush your teeth every morning, you put on deodorant every morning. Having your sunscreen right there beside those daily morning ritual acts just reminds you every day, I just need to quickly, it doesn't have to be a big process. It doesn't have to be a long drawn out thing to do, but quickly putting some sunscreen on your face, your neck, your ears, the back of your hands, the back of your arms, all of those areas that are typically exposed here in Georgia, where we wear short sleeves 80% of the year, right. making sure those areas are protected every day is important. Indeed. So that, that, that is, that is prevention. Now, in terms of what to look for when you're looking at, at your moles, definitely our moles, uh, moles and skin of color can look different than in moles and fairer skin, which is what you typically see in brochures and online mm -hmm. and in textbooks. But in general, we have what we call the ABCDEs. And those are the things that we as healthcare professionals and what we want you to look for in terms of looking at your mold. So quickly, A is for asymmetry. We like for molds to be nice and perfectly symmetric. We wanna be able to draw a line down the middle and fold the mold on itself, so to speak. B is border. We like nice, smooth borders. We don't like scalloped borders or edges. 
C is color. We like for a, for a mold to have a nice, even color. A, color. a mold can be pink, it can be brown, it can be almost black, but we like for it to have a nice, even one single color. D is for diameter. We like for molds to be smaller than the size of six millimeters. Certainly you'll see molds larger than that, but molds larger than six millimeters catch our eye. Mm -hmm. And that's about the size of a pencil eraser. Mm -hmm. And then E is for evolving. If you have a mold that you can say, gosh, I've had this mold my entire life. I know I was born with it or I had it when I was 15 years old, but now it's a little darker or now it has changed shape a little bit. It used to be more like a pinpoint and now it's like the size of a pencil eraser. Changes like that, we want to hear about. You need to have checked out. So that is what you need to look for in terms of, of moles on your skin. Excellent, 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 excellent. And in terms of um, like some, some issues, like for example, keloids, mm -hmm. um, you know, because I know that that, um, you know, I've, I've never seen a fairer skinned person or a non-black non person um, with keloids. Um, they happen. They do happen in fair people, but they are much, much more common in skin of color. You're correct about that. Got it. Got it. So now, are there any any treatments or or preventative? And, and how do you know that you even have keloids until you have a skin injury? Or is that just the that's the event that kind of triggers that? Like, how do you know that that's that's going to be a a a thing for you? Or in, and is there a genetic component? Like, so if your There's mother- There's 100% a genetic component, absolutely. So Got that it. is the way to know before you have any cut or surgery. Did mom, dad, sisters, brothers have keloids? So that is gonna be your biggest indicator before you have your first keloid. But you won't know about your definite propensity to, to develop keloids until you have your first cut or surgery. And a keloid is a lot of times there, you'll see them like, for example, on the earlobe after a person has had um, earrings mm -hmm. uh, placed, a piercing, or you'll see them on the chest or back after a person maybe has had surgery or has had an acne bump. It's basically a raised, thickened scar um, at the site of an injury. In terms of prevention, they're difficult to prevent. If you have what we call keloid skin, you will tend to keloid with the slightest injury. Hmm. Some things that you can do though, when you do have surgery or when you do get a cut, number one, if you're having surgery, make sure your surgeon knows that you tend to de develop keloids because there are certain things that we can do when we do a procedure to try to reduce the likelihood that that particular cut is going to develop a keloid. Interesting, okay. Like, injecting steroids. We can inject steroids same day or within about two weeks of the cut. And that can sometimes discourage keloid formation. And once a keloid has formed, again, going back to steroids, we can have you apply topical steroids at home. We can inject steroids in the office. And then there are more um, aggressive measures that we can take if those two methods are not successful. We will sometimes use liquid nitrogen or cryotherapy. We will sometimes use radiotherapy wow. um, or, or radiation therapy. Mm -hmm. um, and then silicone. Silicone is something that you can get on your own. It's available over the counter at local pharmacies as well as Amazon and other online re retailers. And it comes in the form of a gel and as sheets. 
and we're not exactly sure how silicone works, but we do know that it does discourage the development of raised scars. So that is something. If you know that you tend to develop keloids, having silicone on hand for the slightest scrape or cut or injury, using that right away can sometimes help discourage the development of a raised scar. Excellent. Excellent. I didn't I didn't realize that we're doing radiation therapy about that. Mm-hmm. See, this is why I always love when I have my my medical experts on because I learned something myself that I can can take into my my daily walk and hopefully help someone uh, along the way with that. Now, when we talk about acne, because I saw that that's one of your areas of, of expertise, um, you know, we all think about acne in our teenage years. Um, you know, that that's kind of one of the things that just is a, almost a rite of passage for for many of us, um, that you become a teenager, you get acne and, you know, hate life and all of those things. Um, wow. But it's the then, reason I'm in dermatology, actually. Is that yeah. right? Oh, is absolutely. that right? I had horrible acne as a teenager. So, yeah, that, 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 that's what makes it a particular passion of mine. Well, and, and to look at you now, you would never know that. Oh, but I, yes. Ah, well, see, everybody's got a story. Look at that. Right, right. So now, you know, because of course, you know, I I had acne as as a teenager, um, but then never really had that that period where acne went away. And so I do have adult acne. And so you know, um, someone looked at me as like, you still have teenager bumps, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm still young, you know, even though you know, no, exactly. that's not the case, but. Um, <laughs> So adult acne. And so, you know, I noticed one of the challenges that I personally have had, and I'm sure that there are many listeners who who have adult acne, is the scarring mm-hmm. that comes mm-hmm. from that. Um, you know, so that is that is yet another, I think, probably a more more challenging in in communities of color um, because scarring tends to show up a little bit more. You know, the dark spots and and on all of that, um, that tends to be a challenge. Now, um, I'm going to jump in. Yeah, if I can jump in really quickly, I like to always with my patients uh, make them understand the difference between hyperpigmentation, the dark spots, and actual true scarring. And it's important because I think it really does help people understand what's happening with their skin, but also give them some hope in terms of where their skin's going to go after we get their acne under better control. So number Mm. one goal is to get the acne under control, but the dark spots, a lot of people come in and say, gosh, you know, I've got all this scarring from my acne. Dark spots are not by definition scars because Mm. scars by definition are permanent. So scars are like keloids or in acne, you'll see sometimes people with those um, almost Mm -hmm. crater-like areas in their skin from where they've had acne lesions. Those are true scars, but hyperpigmentation, the dark bumps that we all tend to get after we have any kind of inflammation in our skin, after we get an acne bump, that is actually not a scar because it's going to fade, it's temporary. So I think that makes people feel better. It gives people hope because those spots will resolve on their own, even if we did absolutely nothing to them. But we have great medicines that can help to fade those dark spots. Mm -hmm. So I like to to discourage people from using the term scarring because, you know, I guess to, to me, scarring is permanent and there's not a lot we can do with it. But those dark spots, we can treat those. We can get those under control. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm encouraged myself because every now and again, you know, like I said, I'll have one. I'm like, ugh, 
Absolutely. there it is. But I have noticed, but now that you mentioned that, I have noticed that the ones that I've had, they have faded and, yeah. but then new ones come and take their place. I'm like, oh, well, that's great. <laughs> Let's see. What else? There was something else. Were you going to ask me something else about acne? I, I can't remember. I kind of yeah. jumped in and cut you off. No, I'm no, sorry. that's, no, this is perfect. This is perfect. This is a great discussion. And I think, you know, a lot of good information is coming out. Um, with adult acne, um, you know, because of course, when we were kids, it was, you know, these are your hormones that are doing this. You need to drink more water. Um, what kinds of things can we do to prevent or minimize adult acne outbreaks? Adult acne tends to be more related to hormones. And so hmm. there is not as much in terms of um, diet or water that you can do to control your acne. Now, because it is more related to hormones, particularly females, sometimes um, oral contraceptives or, or other hormone treatments, treat, um, hormone-based treatments can be effective. Mm -hmm. So that is, that is something that you could reach out to your doctor, your, your, your primary care doctor or your dermatologist to discuss. But uh, I, I think sometimes people feel like they are causing their acne. And that's another thing I like to discourage because acne is genetic, acne is hormonal, and there is nothing that you are doing to cause it. You just happen to be one of those people like myself who is acne prone. Hmm. And when that's the case, we do everything in our power to minimize it, to treat it, to keep it under control, to... Uh, treat inflammation as soon as it develops so that we don't get those dark spots. And when the dark spots develop, we jump right on them in terms of, of topical creams and medicines to minimize it. But I hate for people to feel like there's something that they are doing. Now, in terms of treating hormonal acne, we have a number of topical and oral medicines that can treat adult acne, hormonal acne. Things that you can do at home, of course, drinking water is always a great benefit to your body. Having a, a good, well-balanced diet is important. We do know that inflammation in the body increases acne. So thinking about the foods that are pro-inflammatory, such as sugar and mm. whole milk, those are parts of our diet that we can manage to help minimize our acne. Now, there's not really one food that you can eat or not eat that will completely eradicate acne, but we can help in the management of it by being mindful of our diet. Excellent. Excellent. And our, my last topic, my last question, I guess, um, is vitiligo. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, of course, we all know, you know, some famous person. Um, who, as a younger person, did not had a uniform appearance of their skin uh, and then claimed that they had uh, vitiligo. So now let me ask you, is that something that can develop later in life? Absolutely. Interesting. Absolutely. 100%. Yes. Yes. And so is, is that, is it a, are there, there are different variations with vitiligo? Cause I know that there are some people, you know, I, I have a friend who's had it and has had it for as long as I've known her. Um, and that has been that. And so if someone has an adult onset or a later onset of vitiligo, is there something that triggered that? Or is that just a different variant? Is, is there, or is there no difference? 
There's not really any difference. Uh, vitiligo is an autoimmune condition hmm. and we don't exactly know what triggers it, but we do know what's happening is that our own inflammatory cells, our own immune cells that are generally around to help fight infection and viruses, bacteria, cancer, anything foreign to the body, those cells, those immune cells get confused and for whatever reason, start attacking our pigment cells, our pigment producing cells. Mm -hmm. And that's why we start losing pigment in those areas. We see localized vitiligo where you might see just one patch on a person, maybe on the hand or on the arm or on the neck. Mm -hmm. and then we can see more generalized vitiligo where it begins to take over, say, more than 50% of a person's body surface area. We start seeing patches on arms and legs and face. Mm -hmm. And so it can definitely be more limited versus more generalized. But at its base, at its core, whether you get it in childhood or in adulthood, it is an immune dysregulation, an autoimmune condition where your immune cells are attacking, for whatever reason, your pigment-producing cells. Interesting. I didn't know about that autoimmune component. I thought it was just a, a genetic thing that either you just had it or... Or you didn't. No, it, it is a genetic thing, and we tend to see it more in people who have family members or a personal history of diabetes or thyroid disease hmm. or uh, alopecia. All of those have an autoimmune origin to them, or at least some forms of them can be autoimmune. And so um, it is part of our autoimmune group of conditions that we treat. Excellent. And in our last few minutes of this segment, anything else that you would like to add for communities of color and skin considerations? Well, thinking about skin of color, you know, we tend to say black don't crack. Mm -hmm. And that is generally <laughs> true. Uh, we, we have the, the, the protection of our melanocytes that are protecting us from some sun damage. However, I do like to stress to people of color, skin, people with skin of color, that we do need our sunscreen. I'm going to go back to sunscreen. Mm -hmm. Sunscreen, sunscreen, sunscreen is important. We need it. Also, I'm glad you mentioned skin cancer and how it can look different or it's not really as focused on in skin of color. Um, a lot of people don't know that Ziggy Marley actually passed away from melanoma. Oh, wow. Um, so... Uh, he had a, a mole on the bottom of his foot, and it's not a place, you know, who looks at who the looks bottom at their of bottom. Foot? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nobody looks at it very often. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's a place that can be ignored. And so if you're not having your yearly skin checks, or if you're not mindful of your skin and your moles, that might be something that you ignore. So being mindful, even though we have the protection, we have this beautiful brown skin that, that gives us so much protection we still have to be mindful of our skin. It's very important. Most certainly, most certainly. Couldn't have said it better. Dr. Sexton, thank you so, so much for being on our show today. You are now a part of the Medical Minutes family and anytime you wanna come back and share, you are more than welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Shannara Sexton. We'll be right back after the break.
sure to listen to The Wellness Enclave with Dr. Donna Sewell, a podcast that explores emotional health and its impact on everyday life. In The Enclave, we will address emotional health and how it is connected to other parts of your life, such as physical health, relationships, spirituality, and even decision-making. The Wellness Enclave with Dr. Sewell can be found on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is Alvin. And this is Edmund. On the Old Fashioned Health Show. Tune in each Friday from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. And listen to us live on iHeartRadio or the Real 1100 app. Where we talk about healthy information, products, and or services. And get some old school music in. On the Real 1100. listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. I am Dr. Carissa Hines, your host, and happy to be here with you all today. Again, big thanks to Dr. Shannara Sexton for educating us about um, skin considerations in uh, in communities of color and things that we should be on the lookout for. So, you know, just to recap, you know, the most obvious differences um, between our, our skin color and why we have variations in color is the melanin content. And, and Dr. Sexton mentioned about um, melanoma. Um, and so that one is the most the third most common cancer, and it is the most dangerous. And she mentioned the example of uh, Ziggy Marley and how he had a lesion on the bottom of his foot that went unnoticed. And then, uh, you know, the melanoma, um, you know, of course, took took hold and spread and unfortunately resulted in his death. Um, And that happens a lot with melanoma in persons of color um, because it presents in those less obvious spaces. Um, You know, like Dr. Sexton said, you know, who looks at the bottom of their feet? Well, I am telling you, you should. You should look at every part of your body as best you can um, because melanoma shows up in the nails. And so if you are like me who gets their nails polished and keeps their nails polished, um, take that nail polish off and look at what your nails look like. Um, Because if you see any discoloration um, in your nail, be it a, a stripe looking or just, you know, if the nail itself looks dark, looks black, 
that is definitely something um, to um, to take to your dermatologist and get that checked out sooner than later. Um, look at the soles of your feet. Look in between your toes and fingers. Um, look inside your mouth for any changes because the inside of your mouth should be um, a pinkish color. So whatever or whatever color, if it is a little bit brown, it should be uniformly that color. So if you've got pink inside your mouth, it should be all pink, right? Um, so if you see any any darkness or um, any changes in that coloration definitely want to, to bring that to someone's attention. And you also want to look at your genitals uh, because once again, that's another spot that I guess people don't really pay a lot of attention to, um, but the skin on your genitals uh, should be examined as well. And I know that there are a lot of offshoots that that conversation can go into. That can be another show if y'all want it to be, but that's not where we're going right now. So we're just doing just a skin check, okay? keep it clean um, for acne um, you know of course that can be re the result of hormonal changes uh, and in people of color and see in my note I wrote dark scars but I learned today it's not a scar it's hyperpigmentation or just a dark appearance of that particular spot of skin so, you know, of course, due to disparities in access and uh, disparities in delivery of medical care, a lot of these issues show up and they are more severe, more advanced, and in some cases, particularly in the case of melanoma, um, beyond the point of recovery and cure. So we definitely want to to take a you know keep taking a look at your skin you know just stand there and look at yourself no matter what your body shape is if you don't like your body shape again that's another issue but you want to look at your skin and make sure that it looks the same as it did last year um, of course I don't want you to go a whole year without checking your skin every every month would be a good interval um, you know to just kind of take a look see and make sure that everything is as it was before um, when we talk about eczema, eczema is the itch that rashes, right? So it starts off with an itch. And, you know, as, as Dr. Sexton and I were talking about, um, you know, we think about all itchy skin is not dry skin. Lotion isn't going to cure everything, although it is a, it is a good thing, um, particularly if you have dry skin and you definitely uh, don't want to walk around in the world ashy because that's just not cute. But anyway... So eczema in lighter skin may appear pinkish, but in a person of color may appear pink, reddish, purple, brown, or even grayish. Um, so, you know, of course, lots of variations uh, in the skin color. And so if you see these changes again, bring that to your doctor's attention. Uh, we talked about keloids and all of the, um, the things that are going there. And so, of course, um, if you are someone who um, has a family history of keloids, um, you know, you definitely want to be careful when you're having surgeries uh, and elective things like tattoos and piercings. You, you want to be careful about those kinds of things. Um, and of course, we talked about um, the vitiligo. And of course, those color differentiations can be more striking uh, in a darker pigmented person. Um, the last thing about communities of color um, is folliculitis. And when we do a show about hair, we can talk a little bit more about this. Um, but it's, we also, it's also called uh, pseudo folliculitis barbae, 
or razor bumps. And so for my African-American uh, brothers out there, uh, they, you know, who know that struggle, you know that that is something um, that can be very, very devastating um, uh, to your appearance and, and can have all of the sequela that comes with that. So before we go, of course, we're going to get into our, our vitamin C. Um, and instead of a, a traditional vitamin C, um, since we were talking about um, skin of color, I wanted to share with you all, I'm going to read um, my favorite poem by my most favorite poet, uh, Mr. Langston Hughes. He is my poetry crush, I guess you would say. Um, and definitely if I had been born during that time, I definitely would have been fangirling um, about him. And the name of the poem is called Harlem Sweeties. Have you dug the spill of Sugar Hill? Cast your gems on the sepia thrill. Brown sugar lassie, caramel treat, honey gold baby, sweet enough to eat. Peach skin girly, coffee and cream, chocolate darling, out of a dream. Walnut tinted or cocoa brown, pomegranate lipped, pride of the town. Rich cream colored to plum tinted black. Feminine sweetness in Harlem's no lack. Glow of the quince to blush of the rose. Persimmon bronze to cinnamon toes. Blackberry cordial, Virginia dare wine. All of those colors flavor Harlem of mine. Walnut or cocoa, let me repeat. Caramel brown sugar, a chocolate treat. Molasses taffy, coffee and cream, licorice clove cinnamon to a honey brown dream. Ginger, wine gold, persimmon, blackberry, all through the spectrum, Harlem girls vary. So if you want to know beauty's rainbow sweet thrill, stroll down luscious, delicious, fine Sugar Hill. I absolutely love, love, love that poem because it describes all of the different shades of brown that are just so beautiful. And he just, he just makes me feel beautiful in reading that poem. And I hope that you in your brown skin feel beautiful today as well. Well, that is all that I have for today. I want to thank you so very much for joining me for my favorite hour of the week. And I hope to see you next week. Next week, we have Mr. Brian Ford from Northwestern Mutual. And we're talking about our New Year's financial checkup. And that is uh, can be just as important as our health checkup. So until we meet again, my friends, be good to each other. Be good to yourselves. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. This is Dr. Carissa. Thanks for joining me this week on Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Join me next week for more comfortable yet in-depth conversation. Have a great week.
Thank you for listening to another Old Fashioned Health Network show on The Real 1100.